the 2001 New England Patriots, the team that started an NFL dynasty. In a season full of dramatic twists and turns on and off the field, the upstart Pats shocked the world, redefining what it meant to be a team and a Patriot. 20 years and six Super Bowl championships later, we're revisiting that historic season, hearing from different perspectives that were there to witness it firsthand and tell the tale. From players to coaches, local and national media, and even some fans, mixed with some of the most iconic sounds that define the season, it will be a unique six-part journey back as we follow the roots of the Patriots dynasty to the one championship that started it all. We are all Patriots, and tonight the Patriots are world champions. I'm Mike Dussault, and this is 2001, a Super Bowl sound odyssey. Episode 6, We Are All Patriots. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to Super Bowl 36. After knocking off the Raiders and Steelers, the 2001 New England Patriots would be the AFC's representative in Super Bowl 36, the franchise's third Super Bowl appearance in their history. Previous trips, Super Bowl 20 against the Bears and 31 against the Packers, ended in disappointing defeats, and there were plenty of reasons to believe Super Bowl 36 would end in similar fashion. The St. Louis Rams, the team with the best record in football, team now that is 16-2. The opponent, the St. Louis Rams, a team just two years removed from their first championship and looking to cement their place as the dominant team in the NFL. Earlier in the season, the Rams had gone to Foxborough and delivered a 24-17 victory. The Patriots certainly showed tonight that they could play with the big boys, uh, the St. Louis Rams, but were unable to get it over the top. The Rams lost to the Saints the following week, and since then, neither they nor the Patriots had lost a game. Due to September 11th, there would be no bye week between the championship games and the Super Bowl, condensing preparation time. You know, one of the things that Bill Belichick was telling us yesterday, he said, the thing I worry about the most is the first five minutes. And you look what the Rams do in the first five minutes. On offense, six touchdowns, two field goals. Look at this, defense, seven takeaways. But after a confidence-inspiring, albeit disappointing loss earlier in the season, the Patriots knew exactly how they would adjust their approach. Chris Berman, ESPN. We do a long interview with Bill. When we were done, I had everybody clear the room for five minutes. He was kind enough to give me a, a thing or a minute or a few minutes, just me and him. I said, so it's pretty good offense. What, you know, what are you going to do? He went, Boomer, we will not let Marshall Falk beat us. I'm implying he's great, which, of course, he was or is, you know, Hall of Fame. And Warner looking for Falk, chased, grabs, touchdown, how in the world? Oh, my, to Marshall Falk. Whatever else happens will happen, but we're going to do everything in our power not to let Marshall Falk beat us. And when he said that, and I look back at the stats of what Marshall did and didn't do, they were stymied just calling plays to, to get him going. And that was the mindset of the Patriots. And knowing that, you could see that he, he was not going to have a Marshall Falk day. Scott Pioli, Patriots Director of Player Personnel. I felt confident going into the game because the, the game plan that, quite honestly, it was Bill and Ernie developed. Um, Ernie Adams, you know, I, I felt confident and it made all the sense in the world. What we were going to try to do in that game made all the sense in the world. And then the players executed. And I, again, I go back to that, you know, those players on that team deserve so much more credit. Bill and Charlie and, and, and the entire staff put even, you know, Brad Seeley, the special teams, they were always so prepared for anything and everything but a team can be prepared and then players have to execute and we had a lot of really really good players that executed that game plan and other game plans during the course of the year really very well mike reese metro west daily news well i thought they were going to get steamrolled to be honest with you um i lived through patriots bears they're getting ready to carry dick dick doesn't want to go yet he says wait till i see that final second Who's going to argue with Perry? He wins most of those. Walter Payton, Mike Ditka, Hungry Chicago, finally champions on this January day in New Orleans. 46 to 10, the final. And Patriots Packers. Congratulate the Patriots on a super season, which ends in a defeat for the Green Bay Packers. Like, 
those weren't very competitive Super Bowls. Like, I like to look back on Patriots Packers and think like, like, yeah, they kept it close a little bit. Like, honestly, was that ever really in doubt? Not, not that I remembered. Like, those were the last two decades apart that I had experienced. Like, why should this one be different? And remember, we championships weren't like that normal of a thing here. We were more accustomed to like brace yourself for the misery. Paul Perillo, Patriots Football Weekly. I thought the Rams were the better team. I figured indoors is going to be awfully hard to, to slow them down. That was a November night game outdoors that, uh, and even then, the, I think Kurt Warner threw for over 400 yards in that game and really racked up a lot of offense. And I thought the Rams easily could have had more than 24 points. Uh, matter of fact, they kneeled on the ball inside the 10 to close the game out. And I thought indoors, this is going to be a really tall task. Tom E. Curran. Metro West Daily News. No, it was a full culmination. See, the Patriots were a polished pack of violence-dispensing individuals. And you saw it throughout that season. Look, secondaries were tough, but by the early 2000s, they weren't that tough. To Bucky Jones, for instance, Otis Smith, for another instance, we're not even talking about Malloy and Law. Or Vrabel. These guys were just mean football players when challenged and happy to use their physicality. Pfeiffer, Pleasant, you name it. And I truly felt that they would have a chance. Not, I felt they'd, they'd be able to beat the Rams, and I said it most of the week to anybody who listened. But again, 33 years old at the Metro West Daily News, but I was a full-on believer. I mean, I had seen it happen. I had seen the development since July. I had seen the transformation of Brady. I had seen that, you know, the team itself had completely bought in. So one of those, if they played 10 times, I don't know if the Rams would win nine. They'd probably win six or seven. But Belichick was built for this stuff. It's not about any individual. It's about team. Well, you know, that's the thing that has carried them. He's got to make a guy who played back in the old days when that was the way it was played. Oh, yeah, got to make yeah. a guy like you feel good to see it, that. It does. And, of course, uh, the fact that uh, Bill Belichick worked so hard to uh, implement that within the team and, and get them to believe that and think that way. Mike Reese. At that point in 2000, the 2002, even though it's the 2001 season, so I'm five years out of college, and I've got a diehard fan of my dad. So we watched it as fans it, with another um, family that we would go to the games with when I wasn't attending games. And literally, like everyone else, like a fan, on the edge of my seat the whole time, never comfortable. That of what was going to happen. And when you're covering it, you got to be professional. But I, I will tell you, looking back on it, I was a fan that day because I wanted that to happen for the franchise. You know, there's something special about the first time. Rob Ryan, linebackers coach. Cut to the Super Bowl. Teddy Bruschi is this. I'm doing dorm check. All right. And it's eh, uh, two days. Maybe we're at the Super Bowl. And uh, I go to, you know, wait, you know, knock on the door, make sure Teddy's in. And he has no bed in the room. It's like a broom closet that he's living in. All right. Well, he's traded his his room to a kid that never dressed for the games just because, you know, he appreciated all his hard work. And he, he had his back was so he was so tight in his back. He's like, ah, I don't need a good room anyway. I'm just going to lay on the floor. But literally he had no TV in his room. He's just laying on the floor in the smallest room I'd ever seen in my life. And I'm like, look at this guy. And this guy turned it out in the soup. And that was Teddy Bruschi, maybe two yards to the 41, who made the tackle. You know, he, we're playing one linebacker defense, and Teddy's making all those plays one-on-one -on -one against Falk. I mean, and he handled the running game, you know, by himself. I mean, he was just incredible. But that's, that's the type of commitment these, these players had for each other and for the team, and, and uh, you know, people don't know that about Bruschi, but he's uh, one of the best teammates, you know, you ever saw. Pepper Johnson, linebackers coach. What the greatest show on turf haven't seen was a physical team. We had to be, we had to play one of our most physical games um, to, to, to try to wear them down and give them something that, um, that they weren't used to. 
and that we weren't going to turn, we weren't going to back down. That's one of the things that the Patriots feel on defense. They have to be very aggressive and really hit these Ram receivers. The Patriots chose to be announced as a team in a head-turning shift that had been with them since the opening game, when the Bengals began rattling off starters' names before anyone could get out of the tunnel. Lawyer Malloy, safety. It was a deal where in the NFL at the, at the time, you know, individually you had, you know, you, you got announced. So they would, they would say, okay, defense is getting you get, getting announced this week or whatever. So offense, you know, goes out first. And defensively, you, you, you go out. Um, there was a time where, you know, they, they, they call and say, okay, you know, team, you have – Two minutes to get ready or whatever. So we, you know, they, they did that, and we we uh, we started go towards the uh, towards the tunnel, and we already heard our, you know, the, the you know whoever was getting called out. We already heard heard the names being announced. So we're all looking around like, what the hell? You mean we're, we're all professionals, and we, you know, a lot of guys have been in the league for for however many years, and we're like, this is not how it's supposed to go. So we just said, we'll just go out as a team. And collectively, we, we decided to do that for the rest of the season. I noticed that uh, once again, Gino, the Patriots did what they've done since uh, the first game of the season. They did not come out individually for introductions. The whole Patriots team was announced, but not player by player. And that's something they started in uh, after the Cincinnati game. And uh, it's just another sign of the, the team cohesiveness and the camaraderie among these guys that uh, it's not about any individual, it's about teams. And now, ladies and gentlemen, choosing to be introduced as a team, here are the American Football Conference champions, the New England Patriots. As the Patriots were coming out of the tunnel as a team, Ram Ricky Prohl made a sideline prognostication that would ultimately come true, just not for his St. Louis Rams. It's our game. It's our game. Joe Andruzzi, offensive lineman. Uh, my oldest brother uh, kept on saying after the whole playoffs, uh, you know, you're, you're going to the Super Bowl. It's destiny. It's, you're going there. I'm telling you, you're going there. It's destiny. You guys are going. The Patriots, red, white, and blue team after this uh, after this last year. You know, it, 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 it's meaningful. You know, this has happened for the Patriots. They're here. They belong here. And, uh, you know, they just uh, have been an exciting year for professional football in New England. Mike Vrabel, linebacker. I think it's so new for all of us. You know, I think going out as a team and just the whole, the not having a week off in between the Super Bowl and, you know, just you know, going out there and getting a lead and competing and executing the game plan and, and, you know, coming back and giving ourselves a chance to win the game like we did at the end. All right, set to go. Adam Vinatieri to kick it off. From here in New Orleans, and he approaches the ball in Super Bowl 36 is underway, end over end. Paul Perillo. As soon as the game started, as soon as like the first two series, either way, and you could see the physicality the Patriots were playing with, you knew it was going to be a dogfight. And the kind of game that unfolded, you could see right from the start. The Patriots showed extreme physicality with the Rams, but weathered an early storm as the Rams still found success moving the ball. The defense, which was stellar on third down all game, surrendered just a field goal in the opening quarter. A 53-yard field, field goal, bet rather, by Wilkins, the third longest in Super Bowl history. And it was a third 50-plus yard field goal in Super Bowl history. They'd get some help early in the second when kicker Jeff Wilkins missed another field goal attempt from 52 yards. They snapped the ball down. The kick up on the way, and it is no good. No good. 52-yard field goal attempt. No good. Patriots defense holds. While Tom Brady and the Patriots offense struggled to find any rhythm. Brady takes the direct snap. Rolls to his right. Still rolling to the right. Still rolling to the right. Fires down the field. It is incomplete. Fourth down and the Patriots are forced to punt. But by the mid-second quarter, the physical punishment from the Patriots defenders began to add up. He is hit and stacked up at the 50-yard line short of a first down. Bobby Hamilton and Teddy Bruschi. And suddenly, a forced bad throw by Kurt Warner was heading in the other direction. Hodgins, the fullback, lines up in the left slot on the left wing, and in motion to the near side right comes Bruce, and Warner goes back to throw, and here's the blitz by Mike Vrabel. The pass is intercepted. Picked off by Ty Law. 30, 25, 20, 15, touchdown! Touchdown! Ty Law picks it off and takes it to the house, and the Patriots take the lead with 8.49 to go in the first half. Ty Law, cornerback. Make a play like that impact play in the Super Bowl to where that changed the that changed everything you know that particular play so now 
we got, we always had a chance. We always had hope within ourselves, but now that really like cemented, like, man, we, we, we about to win this thing. You know what I mean? And, and I still give the credit to Mike Vrabel because that is the type of, and it says I'm used to diving. I'm used to doing it. I'm used to coming up with, you know, picks that is, you know, pretty hard to come up with. Those easy ones is to be one of your drop. <laughs> you know, Mike Rabel, he made Kirk throw an errant throw, and it was coming. I'm like, you got to be kidding me. I'm sitting there really thinking in that split second. If I drop this, you know, I was like, man, I'm I'm going I'm to catch this like I'm catching a baby out there. You know what I mean? It's like, man, I am not dropping this. because, But that's still the type of stuff that you drop. And once I got it in my hands and caught it, and like I said, that was just as much uh, Rabel's uh, – you know, interception and play as it was mine. Hey, who was in his face? Uh, Kirk Warner. I think it was Mike Vrabel. Yeah, Rabel. number 50 got in clean, and he was right on top of uh, Kirk Warner and made him throw the ball much sooner than he wants to, and he just laid it up there. Uh, Isaac Bruce did not have a chance to turn around to find the ball, and there was Ty Law with the interception and just nothing but green space in front of him, trotting down the sidelines for a go-ahead touchdown, and the Patriots out on top. Damian Woody, offensive lineman. You know, again, you go back to the game, you know, regular season game where we, where we lost to him. We just wanted to be physical up front with him. Um, you know, we kind of wanted to uh, use the things that do they do well against them. Um, we ran a lot of draws, and we, we just ran right at them. You know, that was our biggest thing. And, and the most important thing is we, you know, we preached not turning the ball over because they were so explosive on offense. And when when we had those opportunities, we had to take advantage and capitalize. And to me, that was that was the whole key. But the defense wasn't done in the first half forcing another punt, and then another turnover. Back to throw is Warner on first and ten. Fires over the middle. It is caught. And Ricky Prolin dropped, and the Patriots recover it. Back at the 45. It is picked up at midfield. Heading to the right is Terrell Buckley down to the 40-yard line of the Rams, 39. Prol fumbled the ball after he was hit. Terrell Buckley picked it up and returned it to the Ram 40-yard line. The offense would not miss out on the chance to capitalize again on a Rams mistake. Brady drops back to throw. Looks. Fires right. Touchdown, David Patton! Touchdown, David Patton! Eight-yard touchdown pass from Tom Brady. What'd I tell you? 31 seconds to go in the half, and the Pats score their second touchdown of the second quarter. And the New England fans who are here in New Orleans are enjoying this one right now. Patriots took an unlikely 14-3 lead into the locker room at the half. While inside the stadium, a memorable tribute to the victims of 9-11 and a performance by U2 produced one of the most emotional halftime performances in Super Bowl history. Nick Fitzy Stevens, Patriots fan and personality. Just think back for a second how emotional it was at halftime. The U2 show with the banners dropping from the Superdome ceiling with the names of everyone that had perished at 9-11 at the World Trade Center. Think back to that game with the Pats running out onto the field and the flyovers and all the, uh, the, the spirit, like we were so unified as a country, unified as a region, unified as a fan base. Like everyone, don't forget folks, everyone's been rooting against us for the past 15, almost 20 years. But back, there was a time when people actually rooted for the Patriots. That was the team people wanted to win. The Rams were about to become a dynasty and dominate for years. Mike Reese. I mean, sometimes those games are the worst when you get ahead early and you're like holding on. And, and, and I have to tell you, I mean, like, okay, so here we are looking back, like, all these championships of the last 20 years, like, I'm sorry, like, our mindset was not conditioned to think of championships. It was to think of heartbreak. As a kid, like, it was Bill Buckner for me, like, and, and you almost don't want to watch. That's where I was on that game. I almost didn't want to watch it. This felt like, like, hey, this might be the only time we're going to be here. You know, this is like lightning in a bottle. Like, I, I don't know if I can deal with the heartbreak. Oh, but then you get that you reeling me in because you got up early. Okay, all right, all right. And then it was like, oh, my God, you got to be kidding me. We're holding on. We're holding on. And the chess match continues here at the Superdome. The back and forth would continue into the third quarter with the teams trading three punts to start the session. Then the defense struck again. 
forcing a third turnover that would result in critical points. Back to throw is Warner, fires, and is intercepted! Picked off by the Patriots, Otis Smith at the 50, 45-40 left sideline, down inside the 40, goes Otis Smith on the pass interception! And another Patriots takeaway! The Patriots offense would pick up just 14 yards, but enough for a 37-yard field goal from Adam Vinatieri that extended the lead to 17-3 just before the start of the fourth quarter. Snap ball down, kick is up on the way, and she's good! 37 yards for Adam Vinatieri, so the Patriots get three out of the turnover. And now, with a minute and 18 left to play here in the third quarter, the Patriots increase their lead over these heavily favored St. Louis Rams to 17-3. to Jermaine Wiggins, tight end. I think we were, uh, at one point, we might have been up like 17-3. I don't remember what it was, but we were up by like at least 10 points at one point. And you're winning the game, and you're like thinking to yourself, like you're looking at the scoreboard, like, wait a second, are we gonna win a Super Bowl here? Am I gonna be able to say like, like I couldn't even like comprehend or understand what that meant? Down 14 points with time running out, the Rams' offense came to life. In just 10 plays, the Rams moved the ball from their own 23 to the Patriots' three, with the Patriots' defense once again stiffening inside the red zone on third down, forcing the Rams to go for it on fourth down. Warner back to throw, looking left. Now being chased. Now rolling to the right. He's got a wide open alley. He's trying to run for a touchdown, and he is down and fumble the ball. It is picked up by the Patriots. Ty Law at the 25, 30, 35, 40, 45 midfield. It is Takabaki Jones. He's going to go all the way. Penalty marker down on the field on the far side. Penalty marker on the field on the far side. Tabucky Jones just went about 95 yards with a fumble recovery, but there's a penalty flag on the field. So hold everything. Paul Perillo. So we're outside in the auxiliary press box, which at the Superdome at the time, you're just in a in a in a section of the stands that's just media. Um, you know, and the place is going berserk as Tabucky Jones is running down the sideline. There were a ton of Patriots fans there. Um, and he's coming down the sideline, he's running, and I'm just I just stood up and I had my two hands over my head with the number one sign up, and I'm jumping up and down. I, I'm not ashamed to admit it. I this is my team was gonna win the Super Bowl. And I didn't care that I was a member of the media. I didn't care who wanted to look at me and, and, you know, give me the stink eye. It didn't matter to me. And then I realized the flag was there. And some drunk, like, ended up dumping up one of those Pat O'Brien hurricanes all over me. So, like, not only did I lose my professionalism in, in the spur of the moment, the flag takes it back. So my team hasn't won now. And... I was sticky the whole rest of the game. So it's first and goal to go inside the two-yard line for the Rams. So what was euphoria for Patriots fans is wiped out by a penalty flag. With a 97-yard pick six called back, the Rams would score just two plays later, cutting the Patriots' lead to 17-10 with just over nine minutes to play. Second and goal at the patch two. Quarterback sneak, oh. touchdown. Yeah. Kurt Warner walked into the end zone, untouched. With the Patriots' offense putting up back-to-back three and outs, the Rams would get one more chance just after the two-minute warning. Dangerous St. Louis Rams offense will get the ball back again. Well, they'll get one more shot anyway, but uh, Patriots defense really has risen in these later stages to come up with some big plays. And it would take just three plays, capping off a furious comeback that quickly and unceremoniously erased a near-perfect game from the Patriots to that point. Warner takes the snap, stands in the pocket, steps up. Dumps it over the middle. It is caught there at the 50-yard line by Hakeem on the right sideline and goes out of bounds inside the 40 at the Patriot 37-yard line. They let him get some extra yardage out of that. Back to pass is Kurt Warner. Dumps it out to the right to Yo Murphy at the 35-30 and out of bounds at the Patriot 26. So the Rams now are killing them with a short passing game to their speedy wide receiver. Back to pass is Warner. Looks, fires left. It is wide open to the 10. Inside the five, and down and in, touchdown, St. Louis. With the game tied at 17 and just 121 left, Tom Brady took over at the Patriots' 17-yard line. It's 17-17. Well, my first thing is I go up to Charlie and I say, what are we doing? And he says, we're going. So I said, all right, what's the first play? And Charlie says to me, as I'm sure Bill said in his here, he better take care of that ball. So Charlie yells at me. He says, hey, take care of that ball. And Drew was kind of standing next to me, and he kind of just shuffled in front of that, and he says, that. Go out there and sling it. Scott Pioli. Everyone talks about blueprints. Well, there's a blueprint out there on a lot of teams, but if the players don't execute, it doesn't mean anything. And that's what had to happen that day 
against the Rams. And there was a terrific game plan in place. The players executed it incredibly well. I mean, the defense was amazing. You know, that last drive was exactly, you know, it was all those high percentage throws to chunk down the field and get down the field. And and it, it just seemed the players never stopped to think. They're like, okay, we know what to do in this situation. We know what to do in this circumstance. And and they did it. Damian Woody. You know, we're playing the greatest show on turf. Let's go win it in the biggest stage that possibly could be. And again, when your quarterback is projecting the type of energy that permeates throughout the huddle, it just makes it just, the confidence just grows even further. And that was that's how Tom, you know, acted. He was like, "Man, let's go, let's go do this. Let's go win this thing." Uh, he didn't say it in those type of words, but in more colorful words. But basically, that was it. Like, let's go win this damn game. Joe Andrewsy. See the picture of Drew saying to uh, Tom on the sidelines, you know, go out there and uh, let's go out there and do this thing. Let's go out there and sing this, sing this thing. And Tom getting in the huddle and having that poise and leadership, which he still has to this day and looks at everybody. He's not biting his fingernails as a rookie quarterback or a second year, whatever, basically a rookie and nervous and not ready. He got out there in that huddle and looked at everybody. He looked at other 10 guys and said, yeah, let's go down and let's go do this thing. Paul Perillo. You know, Brady avoiding the sack on the very first play in a fu- almost a fumble. Brady takes the direct snap, stands up in the pocket, starts to run with it, throws over the middle. It is caught there out to the 21-yard line. Um, J.R. Redmond somehow getting out of bounds after a modest gain that if he stays inbounds, probably ends the drive. Brady takes the direct snap, stands in the pocket. Dumps it off to the left, complete to J.R. Redmond, 30, 35, to the 40, and a first down to the near sideline and out of bounds. Troy Brown, as always, doing the right thing. Brady takes the direct snap, stands in the pocket, steps up, fires down the field, caught! Troy Brown at the 40, he's to the left of the 37-yard line and goes out of bounds, stopping the clock at the Ram 36 with 21 seconds to go. Don't forget our buddy Jermaine Wiggins caught a pass in that drive, too. Direct snap to Tom. Looks. Fires over the middle. Caught by Jermaine Wiggins down to the 30-yard line of St. Louis. Nick Fitzy Stevens. But first chance he got to kill a dynasty, Tom Brady. Touchdown, Tom. The dynasty killer. Got it done. That final drive, Troy Brown. Oh, my God. Jermaine Wiggins had, like, 10 catches in the Super Bowl. Wiggy. Jermaine Wiggins. And, like, here it is. I'm looking. I'm like. I'm about to win a Super Bowl. You know, I'm a kid that's used to playing tackle football at the Salesians Boys Club, right? Now it is a, a down at Shaw Plaza, and now it is I'm getting ready to, you know, potentially win a Super Bowl, and um, and I'm in it, and I'm playing, and I'm part of it. With seven seconds to play in Super Bowl 36, Adam Vinatieri lined up to attempt a 48-yard field goal for the win. Ken Walter will hold. Lonnie Paxton will snap from the far hash mark, angle to the left for Adam Vinatieri, 48-yard field goal attempt. Set to go, snap, ball down, kick up, kick is on the way, and it is good! It's good! It's good! Adam Vinatieri booms a 48-yard field goal, and the game is over, and the Patriots are Super Bowl champions! The Patriots are Super Bowl champions! The best team in the National Football League! Adam Vinatieri, 48 yards! Oh, baby! Mike Reese, kill. And his call. Oh, oh, what a finish! What a finish to Camo! Oh my God! Like forever, we'll have that call, right? And so beautifully done. And then, just like the players high stepping in celebration, like the like the joyous nature of it across the field. Lawyer and Bill. Like, I mean, I can pick, we're talking about it, we're not watching it, like, but I can see it in my head. Beautiful. We are the champions! <laughs> we are the champions! Antoine Smith, running back. I think I'm about 30 yards behind the ball, so I'm back there so I can see it. And as the kick is in the air, I'm kind of shuffling on the field, looking at it to make sure that it goes through. And when it went through, I just, it was just raw emotions first. The first thing I could think of is just to run out there on the field. And, you know, that moment was captured me just running out there, high stepping, throwing my arms in the air like, yeah, we are world champs. We didn't want the Super Bowl. The third time is the charm in the Super Bowl for the New England Patriots. Oh!
what? Scott Pioli. I remember being in the press box and I was standing. We were in the old, you know, in, in New Orleans in the in the dome, and they had in the coaches' boxes these really really steep staircases that led down to the seats where the coaches would sit up against the glass, you know, to observe the field. So there wasn't enough room. So once again, I had to stand. I was standing behind Ernie Adams, and I was on this steep part of the steps and right behind me and kind of to the side of me was Bears and Jarian. And when the ball was kicked, I remember we all had to lean forward because it was such a cramped space, but we had to lean forward in order to see it and look to our right. And when the ball went through the upright, I kind of stumbled. And at the same time I stumbled, Bears hit me on the back, which pushed me down the stairs and I tumbled down the stairs and slammed it back of Ernie Adams, who was looking out the glass. And at the same time he was raising his hand, I slammed into him and knocked into him. So Ernie was the first person I got to hug after that uh, after that Super Bowl. And uh, it was just one of those moments. I, I can still visualize that moment of leaning, 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 falling, tumbling down the stairs and falling into the back of Ernie. It was a great moment. Joe Andrews. I remember standing there and you know, hugging all the teammates and then go right to the sidelines and looking for my family and having my family go all around and, uh, you know, bringing them on the field with me and celebrating because they're, you know, our families are a part of that trophy as much as myself and my teammates, coaches, and their families because, like I said earlier, it's a long, grueling season. The Ram fans are stunned. The Patriot fans are in jubilation. Matt Chatham. Linebacker and special teamer. A lot of sort of the, you know, how it was all formed stuff is is around offensive football, but that was such an incredibly uh, talented and uh, dominant by the by the end of that season defense that we were playing with, uh, and, and as well as the special teams group. I mean, we can't overlook that part. We did a great job of holding down a, a super dangerous Rams uh, uh, return groups in both their kick return and punt return um that they were exceptional at that as you know we always often talk about the greatest show on turf but they were they were dangerous field position team and we kept that element out of that game as well charlie weiss well probably one of my favorite one of my favorite two moments in my patriot career happened started before the game but happened after the game so if you recall before that year, you had to go to the Super Bowl. You had to get to the venue way early because of the security. So before the game, I walk over to the to the wall where my wife and son were. And I'm talking to them and a the security guard standing right there, a very high wall. And I'm talking to them and I said, okay, now after when we win this game, you meet me right here and I'm going to lift you over the wall to bring you down on the field so you don't have to go down to the end zone and go down those steps over there. So the security guard looked at me and said, Coach, come on, win the game. And I looked at him and said, you remember I said that. So when I'm taking them over the wall, I don't want to hear any crap from you. So the game's over. We kicked a field goal. Everyone goes running on the field. I never went on the field at that time. I went right to the wall. And I go to the wall and my wife and son met me there. And my wife was starting to hand my son over the wall and the security guard started to say something. I looked at him and said, ah, ah, ah. Chris Berman. The last six, eight minutes, we go down to the field because we do prime time from the field. And I was standing with Steve Young behind the goalpost when Adam Vinatieri kicked his 48-yard winning field goal. It landed about three yards from us. We looked at the ball pounce. We knew it was good before the refs put their hands up. We looked at each other and we went, oh, my God. Perfect kick. Perfect kick. Hit it. I mean, Gil, that was right down the pipe. I mean, it just dissected that uh, goal post. Beautiful, beautiful, high, good end-over-end kick. A beautiful kick. Once again, under tremendous pressure, Adam Vinatieri comes through. You know, history will say that other than the Jets, Namath and maybe the Chiefs the next year, the you know Super Bowl four. The, the, these are those are the biggest and the Patriots. The, those are the three biggest underdogs to win a Super Bowl and remain that way. So it, it, it they lit a candle that became the Olympic torch that 2001 team. 
Um, 20 years, it stayed lit. Rob Ryan. Well, I tell you what, I think that was the, uh, it was the, it was the, uh, greatest game that I've ever been a part of, you know, the, the Super Bowl. Uh, but the, but the journey to get there was, uh, was really impressive because, you know, our team wasn't very good. We were five and 11 the year before, but we were probably worse than our record. And, you know, I can remember thinking, man, we're never going to get there. This team's not very good. We had a terrible start to the season, but our guys kept hanging in there and kept battling and kept fighting. Well, New England, you have the best football team in the world right now. The Super Bowl champion, New England Patriots. 20 years later, the Patriots' first Super Bowl championship still echoes through the decades. A championship that started a dynasty might be easy to forget with five banners on top of it, but it was more than just the first title. It was the start of a special team, an organization that would dominate professional football in unprecedented ways. Something not lost on those who lived it. Mike Vrabel. Well, I just think that it's every year is a new year, and you bring in 26 new free agents, and some stick, some retire, some don't make it. But you know, every year you got to turn a roster over, and you got to build a team, and you start over every single year. Our team was five and eleven, and Bill didn't like it, so he brought in guys that he wanted, and you know. Also about playing your best football late, you know, which is what we did. We played our best football at the end of the season. And uh, we, gave, we put ourselves in a position to be successful down the stretch. Antoine Smith. I just look back at it and, and look at that team. Because, you know, that year we had a lot of free agents to come in from other teams that, you know, that was no longer one of the other places. And we all just took it upon ourselves you know, that we can still play this game. And to, to, to know that that first team, that 0-1 team, is the team that just really kicked off the dynasty in New England. And for me, that I was a part in starting that, winning the first two with them. You know, I, t- I take great satisfaction, great gratitude in that. Joe Andrusi. People say all the time, that, oh, you guys started it. You guys, you know, kicked it off for uh, everybody else. And uh, it's because of you guys that my kids are spoiled and, <laughs> you know, many things like that. I said, oh, then that's a good thing. It's good to have them spoiled and to have them cheer for a great team and, you know, be able to root and not be, uh, you know, not ashamed. But, you know, you cheer for your, your team, your love of the game. The fans of New England have been waiting 42 years for this day. So, you know, for that being said, it's amazing on what they've done for 20 years. And, you know, Bill's, uh, you know, a mastermind and having a great quarterback in Tom truly helped. Paul Perillo. Yeah, the 2001 team to me was not the most talented team they've had, but it had uh, as much heart as any team. Um, and, and I think that characteristic has really moved forward with, with the organization. And the, the names have changed in a lot of places, but... You've seen so many games, and they don't always win them, but so many games where, you know, it's the middle of the third quarter and the Patriots are dead and buried, and you've seen NFL games with other teams, and the game is over for most of those other teams. But it was never, it's, it's never been over for the Patriots. The Kraft family is happy to be associated with coaches and team players who put team first as the way they came out of the tunnel tonight. The whole idea of being you know announced as a as a team instead of individually is it corny yeah it was corny did we make more of it than it really was yeah we did but but at the same time i I think it was meaningful i think it it spoke volumes over how bill belichick and the patriots robert Kraft on down felt like you need to do these things in order to win if you do these things you can be a successful program and I think that all started with the 2001 team. Here's the way the Patriots wanted to be introduced as a team. That's what Bill Belichick said was so important. We're a team. And they came out of the tunnel as a team and they played as a team. No question about that. Tom E. Curran. It just shows you the seeds of success being planted that went forward in terms of selflessness, in terms of enjoyment, in terms of enjoying the work. And it really, the Brady-Belichick relationship 
was able to germinate because of all the things they had in common at that point. Brady had been spurned by Michigan and had to win his way through, you know, and did so. Belichick spurned by the Browns, had to walk through, crawl over glass to get this job again. They both were unbelievably desperate to succeed and step out of shadows of people, whether it's Bledsoe or whether it's Bill Parcells. Um, just proving, 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 always proving yourself and then saying, let's prove ourselves again. I think it's just a great job by our players and our coaches on preparation all week. And, uh, you know, this team beat the number one seed in the AFC in Pittsburgh, beat the number one seed in the NFC here in St. Louis. All the credit's got to go to the players and the coaches. And, and if we're playing next week, we'll probably be the underdogs. It's been remarkable. And, and what I think's cool about this organization is how Shakespearean it's been since 1993, really. You know, whether it's the hiring of Parcells, the drafting of Bledsoe, to the resigning of Parcells, to Kraft buying the team, and then having Pete Carroll in, who eventually becomes the guy in 2014, and Bledsoe, all of it. And it continues now. It continues now into this year with... Brady in Tampa Bay and Belichick here and the team trying to reboot and the guy they've got to perhaps succeed Brady ultimately is a, a Brady clone. It's just, it's been unbelievably laden and layered with incredible storylines and it's just been a privilege and we're, I'm lucky. I know that. Lucky as hell. Mike Reese, we hear Bill talk about, you know, uh, being part of a team means sometimes, or mental toughness means sometimes doing what's best for the team when it's not the best thing for you. Like that, I think that's rooted in this 2001 team. Um, team is like the three phases. We still do it. We're in 2021, and we still talk about offense and defense, and we'll just overlook special teams, despite like so much evidence as to how you can build a culture of a team through the kicking game or how the kicking game can cost you games or win you games like still to this day adam vinatieri boomed it through from 48 yards next man up like we talk about that all the time right like that's the ultimate next man up tom for drew right that's what the patriots have been about over the last 20 years so we saw a lot of that you know in that yeah. team rob ryan it was crazy but but our team to win nine straight games just because they believed in the in the place, they believed in the plan, they believed in each other. I mean, that never goes away. You're always striving as a coach to coach that again. And that's you, know, you don't see that very often. Like, you just don't do it. The, uh, the commitment to each other, the commitment to a belief in, in a system uh, was truly rare. And... Uh, you know, that's why you see like some of some of the guys aren't in the Hall of Fame yet. Well, their numbers weren't great. Well, there's no these guys were teammates, man. Like Willie McGinnis, Teddy Bruschi, those guys. You're not going to have those guys in your Hall of Fame. Like, wait, what? Like these, they put the team first. But again, these players, there's a lot of other people that don't believe in them, but they believe in themselves, and that's really all that matters. You know, they know they can play with anybody. Pepper Johnson. I'm I'm blessed, and I'm I'm blessed that I was a part of the Giants' um, first Super Bowl win, and I was a part of the New England Patriots' first Super Bowl win. Um, my first year in the NFL, we won a Super Bowl, and um, that, that, that reconfirmed what Coach Belichick was, was trying to emphasize in, in the structure of what he wanted, and we had an offensive situation where it didn't matter who was under center that we was going to keep the focus and figure out different ways to play together to make the offense and defense complement each other and, and special teams complement each other and, and win ball games that way. Well, it's the way the teams, we, whenever we've had our backs against the wall, we've responded all year. Last week in Pittsburgh, Drew comes in and throws touchdown passes. Um, you know, all year, Oakland game, Adam kicks the game winner. It just, uh, it's, it's awesome to have all the Patriot fans here. Bring your championship home to Boston. Jermaine Wiggins. That brotherhood is, is you know, in this organization to be 
part of I was a Super Bowl champ. I was part of, you know, you know, contributing to helping, you know, this dynasty. And, you know, as it still continues and you still got guys, you know, that have come through and play guys like Gronk and Edelman and just some of the other players, the McCordy, McCordy's and to be like, you know, I understand that what you guys are going through and I understand and I'm like part of that brotherhood. It's like it's something unique, you know, especially for me, a kid who didn't expect none of that. And to be part of it and still be around it, it's it's like I say, I have to pinch myself all the time. The fact that our players and coaches at this time in our country, when people are banding together in a, for a higher cause, can feel this special spirit of America. We're proud to be a symbol of that in a small way. Damian Woody. Yeah, you know what? It, it's, um, I always said that playing in the NFL, you're part of a fraternity, a small fraternity. But when you win a Super Bowl, you're part of a, 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 a special fraternity within a fraternity. Because not everybody can say that they were champions. And all, I've always said during those years, those champions, those early years, championship years, all the the grind and the sweat and the doubt and everything that went in went through it to feel that confetti come down on your head multiple times. The confetti being shot into the air, pink confetti out of uh, some kind of confetti machine here on the sidelines. There's not a better feeling in the world. David Patton, wide receiver. This this man, I've never been around a better football mind. He, he wasn't he wasn't much for uh, personality and how to, it's not that he doesn't have personality because Bill has great personality. He's just so focused. He's so he's so dedicated to his responsibility. If if we could all take a page out of his book in terms of focus and commitment, much of us, many of us would be so much better off. And, and a lot of times that gets misconstrued as not having a lot of personality. People thought you were crazy when you gave up a number one draft choice for this man right here, Coach Bill Belichick. It must make you feel proud to know that you have a head coach that respects you, loves, cares about you, and finally has seen that dream come true. Well, the best deal I ever made was getting this guy. Thank you. Once you make it to the NFL, if you are privileged and you are blessed to be a part of a championship team, it's going to be almost impossible to try to re recreate that in another field. And I've been searching and seeking for that since the day that I've retired. But what I will say, no matter how difficult this walk is, no matter how difficult ministry is, it's what I've experienced playing with the New England Patriots, being a part of that leadership staff, being a part of that team, no matter what degree of success I, I reach off the field or outside of football, no matter how low it goes, I'm always a champion. Joey McIntyre, new kids on the block. In my mind, they, they look like a high school football team, you know, rough around the edges. You know, they had those old, old uniforms. Like, yeah, I get it. They weren't, it didn't, you know, none of them look like Steve Grogan, but I mean, they just like, that ragtag, you know, just throw the pads on and get out there and get dirty and get mean and and they're just kind of won't stop. You know, they had more heart than anything else at that point. And um, yeah, that's how I look at them. You know, as, as, as time went on, they got more refined and, you know, more maybe more talented and more technique. Um, and cleaner and sleeker, but, um, you know, they came up, you know, the rough and tumble way. Nick Fitzy Stevens. It's almost impossible to describe how impactful the 2001 Patriot season was on my life. How many things happened that would resonate for the next two decades. There were so many holy shit mo How many holy shit moments can you have in one season? And then of course, and then like 2001 season, the Pats were so good. The 2001 Patriots season brought me basically the first Boston sports championship I could appreciate in my adult life or whatever resembles my adult life and then just set the next 20 years of my life in motion. Other championships may be wilder or could have yielded more fruits, but that one, the 2001 Patriots championship means more to me 
because of what it meant for the rest of my life than any other team's championship ever. Chris Berman. What you saw were the seeds of all the Patriot championship teams. Offensively, yes, it was Tom, but there was always an unbelievable and a lot of ways undefensible, at least for first downs, to pick up slot receiver. So Troy Brown begat Wes Welker, begat Julian Edelman. That's a hallmark for the, t- the two decades of the Patriots' brilliance. They're a team that, that valued special teams then and now. They were a team that played unbelievably coach defense, witnessed the play by Malcolm Butler against the Seahawks on the goal line. Um, you know, here's a play they, they kind of run. They coach that. Nobody does that. So the seeds, looking back, were, of all the Patriots' two decades of brilliance, they had probably all their other teams were more talented than this one overall, although this had some unbelievable talent, needless to say. They had corners. They had a shutdown all the way through. Here's Ty Law. Here's Asante Samuel. You know, and here's later on, um, you know, Revis and now Gilmore. Like, you could go on and see that was important. And they had a coaching staff that, that all worked, that, that got it, and they rarely beat themselves. That was the case in 01, and that was the case two decades later. So there are lots of things that you can string together from the, 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 the Patriots of 01. Scott Pioli. It's still my favorite championship team in, in, in pro football, and... As cliche as this sounds, it was, the, it was this collective that was a, the sum was truly better than the parts. And gosh, we still had some really, really good parts. And to me, it represents still to this day, um, everything that I fell in love with about football, about people that sacrificed themselves, their own personal um, their own personal desires for this greater good. And there were a lot of people that made a lot of sacrifices, including the people that came as free agents, including there were a lot of people um, that gave of themselves. And that entire season, there were moments when the offense won games for us. There was times that the defense did, and then there were times that special teams did. And what, what that represents to me, that team, that season was... Um, truly one of the greatest teams and one of the closest teams that I've ever been a part of. And again, because they represented everything, they became champions. We are all Patriots. And tonight, the Patriots are world champions. This has been 2001, a Super Bowl sound odyssey. Produced by Patriots.com's Mike Dusso and audio engineer Matt Morell. We wish to thank all of our guests for sharing their memories from an unforgettable season and providing a fresh perspective on the Patriots' first championship. With a special dedication going to wide receiver David Patton, who tragically lost his life during production of the podcast. David was a beloved member from the early days of the Patriots' dynasty, one who will always be remembered as a record-setting player and winner of multiple championships. Finally, thank you to you, our listeners and members of Patriots Nation, who have passionately supported their team since long before they were winning championships. We hope you enjoyed reliving the thrilling ride with all of its twists and turns two decades later. Thank you for listening. Can't get enough Patriots 2001 content? Relive the historic year by following the Patriots Time Machine. Follow along on Twitter and Instagram at Pat's Time Machine.